listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Okay, guys. So, yes, we're talking about the campaign. That's what we can talk about in the next few weeks. Hey, Daniel, guys, if y'all can't do it, y'all can leave. It's okay. Great. Um, but we've just been talking about the campaign. Last week, we talked about what would it look like um, to love people well um, in our church and what we're doing. And this week, we're really talking about the world and um, just the brokenness that's going on and uh, where where is there hope in that? And I think we can all see the brokenness. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, the continued war going on in Ukraine, it hasn't stopped. I think I always forget it's actually happening. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, the fight for women's rights in Palestine. Um, the devastating earthquake. Thousands and thousands of people died over the past few weeks from these earthquakes from around the world. And um, the school shooting at Michigan State just two days ago. Um, three people died um, just trying to go to class. Uh, five people are in critical care, um, literally two days ago. The epidemic of anxiety, um, depression, and suicide, these are all things um, I don't think my generation thought about a lot. Um, And I'm very close to to y'all's generation. I'm like right on the edge of it. Um, And I think it's something y'all really do have to deal with a lot and people talk about a lot. And um, there's just really big things going on in the world right now and it can feel really scary and um, I think also in the midst of big things, um, there's also big things going on in y'all's lives and in Citrus County. Um, and it, like just even zooming in doesn't really help um, the feeling of hopelessness. And I know some of y'all have gone through like complete neglect in your life. You know, like your parents don't give a crap about you. And you're like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, what is, what is this? Um, maybe you've um, gone through abuse from a family member or a friend, you know, a trusted person in your life. Um, and that really is not okay. And I'm really sorry that um, y'all dealt with these things. Um, and I think a lot of times, I was talking to AJ about this, like in youth group, we're like just giving these like light examples. And I was like, y'all really have hard things in your life. So I don't want to make light um, of the trauma y'all been through. Like God's working through those things and it doesn't make sense. And um, they're here in your story. Um, and your story matters. Um, and so in the midst of all these things happening and all these um, hard stories in this place, it's growing, right? All these new people are coming. 
Uh, we're getting a Target. I'm literally so excited. I was excited for the Starbucks. And then the Starbucks in the Target. What? This is crazy. Um, but the excitement of like all this newness um, doesn't take away the pain of not being known by your dad, right? Or not feeling like you actually belong um, where you are. Our world is full of brokenness, of disease and suffering. And our country has been plagued by this, our county. Um, and y'all's hearts have been altered in some way um, by this. And all signs are pointing to something big happening right now. Um, there's a big opportunity um, where we are um, in the midst of our society. And there's great hardship and great suffering. I think there's so much polarization. You know, there's like the complete left, complete right. And then where do you exist in the midst of that? Where do I exist in the middle? Um, and in the midst of hardship and suffering, there's room for so much hope. Um, and the hope that we can turn to is that Jesus would actually mend the world. You know, that's the hope. In the midst of all these things that don't make sense, um, there's one that has come, and this is his goal, is to bring things back to how they were um, to mend the world. And in creation, uh, there were four types of ways that relationships actually, like, broke um, because of the fall. Like, way back in Genesis, Adam and Eve, the apple. I feel like we talk about this a lot, um, but it's really foundational. Um, but there were four different things. There's your relationship with yourself, right? So in the beginning, we see that immediately after eating this apple, they realize they're naked and they hide themselves. They're shamed. They're like, oh my gosh. Um, it broke this relationship between themselves and understanding themselves. Um, there's the relationship with each other. So actually with Adam and Eve, these jokers like immediately play the blame game. Um, that's me all the time. Like Adam blames Eve immediately for like giving him the apple. Um, and then Eve blames the serpent. Um, it's part of their punishment, too, that they would never see eye to eye, that they would always um, be against each other. And there's the brokenness of a relationship with nature. Um, and I think I felt this a lot, like, with things happening, like the hurricane that came. Um, and these earthquakes and all these things are um, because of a relationship with nature was broken. Um, part of the punishment, actually, if you all look at Genesis 3, um, is the ground is cursed. And it brings forth thorns and thistles. And a once perfect, like, fullness of creation place, the garden, um, because of man's actions, they can't, like, exist there now. Um, and so the world is dying just like men are. Just like we are dying, the world's dying. And the last relationship that was broken was with God. And they hid from God because they knew they had messed up. It's like when you, like, know you didn't do that one thing your mom asked you to do before she got home. You know, she was like, do the dishes. And then you hear the garage open, and you run to your room as fast as you can. Guys, this is my life. And you act asleep. I'm like, you slept through all of it. Um, and God, like, this is what happened, right? We're hiding. They're hiding from God because they know they messed up. Um, and God sent them out of the garden, right? He, like, he took them out of their presence. Um, and he clothes them, though, right? He gives them skins um, to cover themselves. And he provides compassion on them, even while he's sending them away from his presence. Um, and this is all to prevent them from, like, eating the tree of life. Because um, then they would live forever, and that would mean they were forever separated from God. Um, so he sends them away. So all aspects of relationships, that's like every kind of relationship I can think of, um, is broken. So the world is now broken. But God, he's orchestrating like already, right when we see that, that he had compassion on them and clothed them. 
um, how he's going to mend the world back together. He actually mended garments to put onto them um, to cover their shame. This has always been his MO. And that, and through this MO, right, this is where he brings in Jesus. Um, and it's through the person and work of Jesus um, that the world can be mended. And so Jesus mends the world by meeting physical and spiritual needs. I know this is something you're like, Sam, I've heard this. Um, but it really, like, impacted me while I was reading this um, and preparing for this. Is Jesus really does meet everything we need and knows it better than we'd ever know it. Right? He knows the depths of your heart um, better than you do. And when I think of the word mend, I have a memory of, like, my grandma fixing, like, any rips in my clothes or, like, my stuffed animals. Like, my mom was always like, we got to go to your grandma's house so she can, like, sew it back together or, like, she would hem my clothes for me um, when it wasn't working anymore. Um, she would take what was broken and tenderly restore each item. And in a world where brokenness is prevalent, right, the longing for things to be mended and repaired has been and continues to be the longing of every heart, right, of all of our hearts that this, like, pain would go away um, and that it would be renewed. <coughs> we long for broken relationships to be restored. We long for broken bodies to be healed. And part of me longs for the hope of someone else doing it. I don't know if y'all have felt that way. I know myself, I would screw it up um, no matter how often I think I'm right, which is all the time. You can ask AJ. Um, I wrestle with this gravity, and deep down I know that I can't fix the problems of my life, of your life, or of the world. And honestly, I don't want to. You know, do y'all actually want to fix all the things wrong in your life and take on all that pressure of doing it perfectly? How much more relieving is it in life, like, giving to have that feeling of weight like coming off your shoulders, like someone did it for you, right? They took it off and they're mending you. That's why I really feel like Jesus comes in and we can, that's why it's good to give him control. It's like if I controlled every aspect of my life, I would have to do it perfectly and I can't, right? And so Jesus is the only one that could do it perfectly. Um, so he's worthy of um, your trust um, and giving control. And we see in Mark 1, so a lot of the passages I'm going to reference are in Mark. Um, but in Mark 1, we find like an entire city coming out to hear Jesus teach and to bring him pe people in need of physical healing. They trust that God um, can control this situation better than them. Um, in Mark 1, 32 through 34, it says, That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick, with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him right the sick and demon possessed people they knew that their bodies and spirits needed mending to be made whole and well but jesus also he like speaks to the necessity of their hearts need for mending they needed to experience the forgiving and saving grace of jesus the people are leaning in to listen right their hearts craving to receive the mending that Jesus was offering. And Jesus is like in the business of healing all aspects of our broken relationships. That's why, why I said he came in the first place. God had this whole plan that Jesus would come. Um, and I see this throughout scripture. He's healing that relationship between yourself that I talked about that broke by meeting like physical needs and restoring um, mental illness, restoring physical pain. Um, he's restoring our view of ourselves. Um, he's healing relationships between people by restoring unity, right? The demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5, we talked about that last semester, 
Um, he no longer like lives in isolation and torment because um, he's had to like live out in the mountains because he's a crazy man and no one will get near him. But now he can like, actually go to his town um, and be with his people again and be with um, people that love him. And Jesus is also healing relationships back to God um, by freeing from the bonds of shame and guilt and restoring hearts. Um, I know a really popular story um, is the Sumerian woman, um, and she doesn't need to feel shame about her story, right? She had all these husbands, all these boyfriends, um, and Jesus knew that. Um, and she didn't have to feel shame about her story because she said, there's a man that told me everything that I've ever done. And that's what she ran back to her town and told these people that had been shunning her. Um, and the only reason she could do that is because Christ loved her with compassion. Um, in the midst of knowing everything she's ever done, um, he accepted her. And who is this Jesus that even he can mend your story? Right, the story that keeps you in shame and hiding from him and people around you, hiding from yourself. There's a lot of hard things um, that are going on in y'all's lives. I mentioned that earlier. Um, Jesus sees that completely. He knows everything about you. He knows your story. And he's freeing you from these things. He is the one that can tell you everything you've ever done and love, with, love you with great compassion, be delighted in you. That is what he came to do. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to mend your heart. He came to mend the world. Um, he does this personally in a relationship with you. He desires to have a relationship with you. And he also does this by connecting us together in his kingdom, right? Connecting us by bringing you here, um, by bringing you um, into a body um, that you might know other people that have been mended um, by Christ. Um, and Jesus mends the world by meeting needs. We talked about that. And he also mends the world by equipping people for his kingdom work. Um, so actually equipping the people in this room um, to do what he's all about, right? To mend the world. And we're going to look at Mark 2, um, 1 through 5. It says, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And I... Um, it's hard for me to visualize this scene because I'm like, how the frick do they bust a hole open in the roof? Um, and so there's actually uh, this TV show called The Chosen. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it before, um, but it does a really great job of showing um, just scenes in the Bible. So we're going to play actually this clip um, so y'all can get a better visual reference. So Mike, if you could play that. That'd be great. Jesus of Nazareth! It's definitely the end of the No, it's the you cut out the last thirty seconds. Uh shoot, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's not it. I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend, 
generation has a foot fetish. I'm sorry. There were some toes in there. Um, but yeah, I think that's... Everyone gasped when it showed his toes. It was just showing that he could move. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, I think that's just an awesome story. And um, In Mark 2, we find that the passage like gets more personal for them. Um, it says there's there were like two groups of people there. There were like all the people standing around... Um, and then, like, this small band of friends, um, faithful friends who acted, right? They believed Jesus could bring healing, physical healing, to their broken friend. Um, they would stop at nothing to get their friend to Jesus, right? When they were unable to get to the crowd, they tore off the roof. Um, and this passage concludes with him saying um, that he saw their faith. Um, and he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Um, when Jesus saw their faith, right, he didn't see the faith of the paralytic guy. He, like, said to that girl, your faith is beautiful, um, and he heals their sins, right? Let us be a people who believe that Jesus came to bring healing, right? He's coming to bring healing to our county, um, to your heart, to your friends' lives um, in such a way, like, believe that in such a way that he would be pleased to heal our community, right? That he would move with compassion to be like, like, Annalise gets it so much. Like, she loves her friends. She's praying for them. I'm going to move in their life. You know, like, what would it be like if you prayed for your friends specifically and God saw that and had joy um, that you cared so much um, about his child like you do um, that he would move in their life? Um, he's using us for his kingdom to flourish. Let's be bold in our faith, right? And I was listening to this podcast and this guy said, I don't know what we can do about all the big problems to make the world look like the kingdom of heaven, right? There's big problems in the world right now. But I do know this, in our local communities where we are, we can build these little pieces of the kingdom of heaven um, in our midst, right? In the midst of unity, in the midst of being together and loving each other, um, there can be heaven here. And it's gotten to a point where a lot of people are thinking just how crazy everything's been. Um, You're wrestling, you might wrestle with this question yourself, what sort of future do we even have? You know, like you look at how terrible things have been and you're like where is what's going to be left for my generation like what's even going to be there um what is even the point of the future and jesus's main response to this um is one of compassion and comfort and hope um jesus says in john 16 um i have told you these things in me you may have peace um in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world What would it mean for you to actually believe that Jesus has overcome the world? What would it look like to have a piece of heaven in our community? How could we see Jesus mend the broken relationships in your school, in in our county, in your home? See, the mission of Seven Rivers Church um, is that we exist to bring the healing love of Jesus to broken people in broken places. So what does this like actually look like? How do we take up this call and to be the hands and feet of the people around us? I believe it looks like inviting your friend on your team um, to student life. You know, like being here, uh, being in God's word together. It's helping your friends out in children's ministry when like 25 kids show up to four fours and they text you like, please God, come help us. Um, it's sitting with people in their pain. Um, it's showing people the hope you have in how Christ has worked in your life. It's sacrificing your money to see the mission go forward. It's what New City Fellowship in St. Louis does. That's where we're going on our mission trip. Um, they're loving on widows and orphans um, and investing in their lives, showing that the community actually cares for them and that they're not forgotten. Um, we believe it's seeing people 
inviting people into our lives and walking with them in the brokenness of their pain, their shame, um, and their self-righteousness. And that's what Jesus did, right? He saw people. He saw that woman um, that um, took that roof off, um, and he saw the paralytic man, right? He saw both of their lives. He saw the physical need and the spiritual need. And he's touching them with his power, right? He invites us into this and equips us um, in our church, right? He's equipping the church um, to make him known to other people. And what a beautiful mission this is, um, a call to actually go um, and make beautiful things um, in the world. Um, So let's remember um, the healing that Jesus has done and continue to do in our hearts. Um, Let's go, right? That's what we're going to go do. Uh, We're going to have compassion like him. We're going to have power with him. Um, Let's go in the world. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for who you are. I thank you um, just for your mission and that we can be a part of it. Um, Lord, I pray that you just work through us. I pray that you would move um, in these students' hearts tonight, that um, they would be excited um, just to make you known uh, with their friends. They'd be excited um, to give generously and um, for their kingdom. It's your son's name. I pray, amen. There's buckets up here if you feel compelled to give. And then y'all can go to your small groups really quickly.